I'm sitting in the subway station, Manhattan is my destination. Welcome to another great edition of Homeward Bound, here from Yerushalayim. My name is Yigal Siegel, and we are here on the Nahum Siegel Network every week to give you inspiration and information about making Aliyah to the Holy Land, to Eretz Yisrael. The sponsors of this great program are Nefesh Benefesh, the only way to make Aliyah from North America. NBN.org.il is the website to check it out. We have a great show in store for you today. Homeward Bound. I wish I was. Homeward Bound. And uh, we'll be right back after these messages with another great edition of Homeward Bound. If you've always dreamt of moving to Israel and establishing a brand new life in the Holy Land, it's time to call Nefesh Benefesh, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-A-L-I-Y-A-H. Or log on now to their comprehensive website for all the assistance you need to get to Israel, nbn.org.il. That's the Nefesh Benefesh website. Head there now, nbn.org.il. Okay, we're back here with Homeward Bound, the show about making Aliyah to the Holy Land, to the land of Israel. My name is Egal Siegel, and it is my immense pleasure to welcome Rabbi Yoshua Fass, the uh, chairman of the uh, Nefesh Benefesh, which is the sponsoring organization of our program. Rabbi Fass, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Ego. And the reason I asked you to be here, here in one of our final shows of the season, is because uh, summer is here, and summer is always an exciting time in Nefesh Benefesh, and for all of us who are interested in Aliyah, because this is the time of the charter flights. The charter flights are the flights that uh, that you basically pack a plane full of uh, Olim, and you bring them to Eretz Yisrael, which is a very, very exciting thing. Now, a few years ago, you instituted the idea of group flights which was uh, smaller groups going at different times of the year. How many group flights do you have now per year? Per year we have approximately 15 group wow. flights. So that's, and, and usually it's a number between 50 and 100 that go on those flights? Correct. So you can make Aliyah any time. You don't have to make Aliyah with Nefesh Benefesh in August. You can make Aliyah basically any month of the year. That's what we're saying. Once a month there's a group flight. Uh, you can also have something called flex flights, that a person has a flexible option of making Aliyah in any day that they want during the month. 
um, presuming that there's availability through LL, through other flight carriers. But there's a group flight available every single month if you want to have that experience of joining other individuals moving to Israel, especially also benefit from all the processing assistance that we do on the flight and at the airport. Right. Um, and then during the summer months, starting from June to September, we have literally group flights almost every single week, every 10, 10 to 14 days, so that uh, the, since that's the immense wave of Aliyah that happens over the summer, so we have many more opportunities and availabilities and options for those Aliyah. So almost every week you have a group coming during the summer. Correct. Wow. Uh, we're, we're moving... You're moving around 2,000 people in an eight-week period of time. Wow. Uh, so it's a lot of flights, a lot of people who are flying on groups, a lot of people flying on charter flights, and a lot of individuals connecting on their own. So it's, just, uh, it's, uh, it's a huge operation uh, that spans literally eight to ten weeks that thousands of people moving to Israel. Now, the charter flights, how many charter flights have there been since we started uh, Nefesh Benefesh? Fifty. Wow. And you've been on every one. Well, except the one that when you had the three planes landing. Except on the, same the day. ones that they were simultaneously <laughs> in the air. Um, and you uh, tried. Yeah, I tried to, to jump from one plane <laughs> to the next. Now that I started skydiving, maybe I can start doing that. But uh, but yeah, I've been on on every single. Thank God, it's been a tremendous privilege and honor to be part of every single group flight since two thousand two. So, charter flight since two thousand two. So when when summer hits, it, it it never stops being exciting for you in terms of being on these flights. No, I, for for a bunch of reasons. It's just. Uh, the excitement is palpable. You read the excitement off of the people's faces. You're also this is their first time making Aliyah, so you you feed off of you reciprocate off of their excitement and their energy, and it's just it's, a, it's an incredible miraculous uh, event to to see people coming from all walks of life throughout the U.S. gathering together at JFK, and the sense of unity amongst the people is beautiful with a shared common ideological drive of moving to Israel, which breaks all the differences between different types of Jews, and all of a sudden it becomes one big happy family, um, stressed family on, on the flight, <laughs> and it's just an emotional, very emotional experience, because everyone is just has the same kind of butterflies, the same kind of energy, and same kind of excitement. How can you not feed off of that beautiful sight and beautiful experience? I moved every single flight um, by just the emotions of the old limb, and also every single flight has its own bizarre nature <laughs> it has its own theme um and 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 somehow that dominates when you flights. say theme i'm sorry to interrupt but do like uh, singles or yeah uh, you could all of a sudden there's there's an interesting you know, a group of singles that that change it or there's an interesting group of uh, holocaust survivors or there's an interesting group of, of different families from a certain sector and, and just it takes on its own pulse and own energy and everything. anything coming up this summer that you know about already that's uh, unique what what is unique it's not going to be on one charter flight but for some reason alaska <laughs> for some <laughs> reason out of out of all places you finally got there we have a bunch of olim coming from alaska and there's some singles some families i don't even know that there's so many jews living there and they're just moving to israel and it's just it's just it's a bizarre concept it might be a weather decision i don't know oh, maybe that. i don't know <laughs> that's but alaska. Uh, that's but each and sometimes you think that you know a certain tempo or energy of a pulse of a of, of a charter or a charter flight and because you, you're looking at the Facebooks and you're looking at the people coming on and then all of a sudden you get to JFK and it takes on a, a very different nature a very different energy and you're experiencing something different on a flight and um, you walk away with a very different uh, feeling each there's always a vignette there's always a different emotional experience of each of the flights that I take away with from well, um, July 21st, I believe, is the July 21st, August 11th. We have the two charter flights. Now, I think that uh, for people who are not coming on the flights, it's available on the web uh, as a webcast this Absolutely. year? Absolutely. 
I know that a lot of people that I've spoken to, like uh, they dedicate themselves to watching the entire ceremony in Israel, even though it's uh, you know twelve one o'clock in the morning in the, in America because it's such an inspiring thing for them. And I tell them, hey, you can you know, be there real time. All you got to do is call nefesh benefesh. That's all. That's it. <laughs> it's right not on. Anyway, so the summer has hit, and um, one of the things I want to mention to our listeners is that uh, every year, usually every year, uh, Rabbi Fass speaks with my brother Nachum on uh, JM and the AM around Parshat Shlach, uh, and uh, there was an interview that was done a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're recording this now at the uh, um, in uh, the week of June 23rd, so if you want to go back in the archives, I believe one of the most inspiring stories that I've heard from you what took place during that interview, which is the story of the girl who was graduating, um, and I was able to see the video that she produced. It was just, it's unbelievable. It's the the feeling that a girl this age, she's, she graduated high school, correct? Yeah. So she's uh, 17, 18 years old, whatever, you know, whatever age she is. But the depth of the feeling that she has for, for, for Israel is unbelievable. And, and the fact that she was schlepped along, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of kids out there who feel, I know I've heard it in my house sometimes, that, you know, they feel like, you know, we, they were kind of schlepped along, even though Baruch Hashem, they're doing well in Israel. But, you know, they, 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 but here's a girl who, left so much behind and she was very clear as to what she left behind her friends and her school and her house and and snow and everything that she showed in that video and 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 she basically just said but you know it was worth it because I'm here in Israel and um, the interesting thing to me is that where did she get this from now this is this is something which yeah I'm sure that uh, through the years of being involved with Aliyah that you've seen so many times people who just have this very, very deep feeling for Israel, never lived in Israel even for a short period of time. Their parents didn't live in Israel for a short period. You know, they might have gone to yeshiva in Israel, whatever it is, but they have this depth of feeling for Israel. Where where does it come from with some of these people that, you, that, you, that you've brought here? A lot of it is maybe a confluence of a lot of factors throughout their life, but sometimes you just meet people with such deep, mature souls mm-hmm. that just get it. They, they see through all the distractions. They th- see through all the the distractions of variables in life and they just they see what emet is what they see what the truth is and they are able to express it in the most poignant visceral emotionally depth filled way and it just and it just quiets and silences anyone i mean you can show this to an rca convention the video that she presented mm-hmm. of the struggles of the before and after of a teenage girl moving to Israel, and as much as she gave out and much how, how difficult the process is, the clarity of vision and the clarity of ideology of why it's important to move to Israel. And you can show this to the world, and you can show it to um, American Jewry, and there's nothing, you can re- there's nothing to rebut. There's That's nothing right. to there's no, say. You there's can't just, disagree with it. Exactly. There's a mature soul speaking out, and it's most extremely remarkable that it comes from a teenage standpoint, and says, this is what it's all about. It's difficult. This is what we gave up. This is the pre and the post- and but this is what God promised us, and this is what we're doing, and we're going home. We're bound, and this is we're going to our homeland. And the interesting thing is, you know, that um, um, you made a speech last year at the YU commencement exercises. Loved Correct. your loved your outfit. By Thank the way. you so much. <laughs> and um, and one of the points that you made during the speech, and I'm taking it out of context. You have to really watch the speech, everybody, because it was very very inspiring. But uh, and I'm not just saying that because he's sitting here with me. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the things you said was that. The um, there are there are less people making Aliyah this year than they are sitting in this room right now. 
right? And I, I, I honestly, I don't remember the context you said. It wasn't a negative to the people sitting there. It was just a, it was like a fact. You were throwing out a fact there about Aliyah and how we need young people like the YU graduates to, to put it on their agenda that this is something they should consider, especially because at that stage in life, it's much easier than later. But one of the things that hit me when you said that was that, and especially after seeing this video that this, that this uh, high school graduate made, was that there are not a lot of peop- of mature souls, as you put it, out there. Meaning that we have, thank God, people who are very supportive of Israel. We have people who, who have a love for Israel, who visit Israel, who, who support institutions in Israel. But to really, to feel that depth, to have that mature soul, as you put it, and, and make that move, despite the distractions, etc., is extremely difficult for a lot of people. And um, I bring that up only because I know that every year we talk about numbers, or how many people are moving and how many people are coming. And, and really, when you think about it, it's, it's, it's not a quantity thing. <laughs> it's a quality thing. And this, the, 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 the question I have is, what, what is, is there a plan on your, on your agenda as the head of Nefesh Benefesh, where you've done so much to help the people who get it and some people who almost got it in Baruch Hashem because you made it so much easier for them, they, they got it and they came. The people who aren't getting it, um, like, for example, the, uh, the Diaspora Initiative that just been announced in, in Israeli newspapers that just came out uh, a few weeks ago, where millions and millions of dollars are being spent on Jewish-themed programs in America and, in, and all over the diaspora. It, there's no mention in any of those articles about pushing Aliyah. Nothing. It's, not, it's all about you know, connecting to Israel. And, you know, and I personally believe a, a program like Birthright has been successful in putting Israel on the agenda for a lot of young people to the point where they have made Aliyah because of it, because they've experienced Israel. But I don't even know if that's the agenda that was the reason that people wanted to have birthright in the first place was to make people move to Israel, or it was to make them feel connected to Judaism. I don't see as part of the discussion from these from from the people who make these decisions about what to spend money on, I don't see Aliyah on the agenda. And first of all, am I right? Because you probably know better than I do. <laughs> and second of all, if I am right, what can we do is Nefesh planning anything? Are, are there people planning? What can we do as a, an ongoing effort to try and make, make immature souls more mature? Okay. <laughs> you, you asked uh, several questions. <laughs> let's try to respond to all of them. First of all, this diaspora initiative does not have Aliyah as a focus. And uh, just to buttress or to mirror the, the leadership of Birthright, really the originators and founders of Birthright really were interested in creating a strong Jewish identity and to really create a strong Babylonia, to almost a sense of a, there needs to be a strong diaspora Jewish community. If you sit one-on-one with the, the founders of Birthright, they speak very openly about it. Israel will survive, they say straight out, but we're worried about the diaspora Jewish community and mm-hmm. to have diaspora strong Jewish community, which they feel is necessary for a global Jewish strength and for future Jewish leadership, you need to create a sense of strong Jewish identity. And they're not interested in Aliyah, so much so that sometimes in my conversations with the leaders of Birthright, um, Aliyah for them is actually a failure rate because they want to have <laughs> a strong Jewish leadership in America. And if you turn on individuals and they make uh, and they make Aliyah, it, it almost defeats the purpose of creating strong leadership in diaspora, which is kind of ironic and sad, but basically that's their viewpoint. And very much in this concept, this diaspora initiative, it's very much follows that suit, that we want to create strongly Jewish, non-assimilated 
um, leadership or communities throughout the diaspora, and we're investing money into those into those communities. If there is a byproduct, is a little less severe than the the birthright founders. If there is a byproduct of Aliyah, then fantastic, and we want to sell mm-hmm. almost Israel experiences for maybe so that they can return with positive Israel, you know, experience or atmospherics, or that they make Aliyah. But Aliyah is not a direct uh, objective for these initiatives. It might be a byproduct which people will be satisfied with, but it's not very much the selling point of it. And I've been involved in in a lot of the conversations in in the scaffolding of this diaspora initiative, and it it was eye-opening for me to realize how they've um, diverted from the Aliyah storyline right. um, and very much into the Jewish identity and the Israel experience, uh, not really the Israel Aliyah um, narrative. That's number one. Number two, we have to, as Nefesh, we have to start um, expanding from our facilitative nature to more inspirational, educational uh, role and start to informing the masses of the the viability and 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 uh, the ideological norm, normative possibilities for people to make aliyah. However, the problem is is that individuals need reinforcements mm-hmm. for, of that, and and as much as education that we can possibly do or inspiration for individuals, if they're surrounded in a culture of passivity or a lack of ideological connection to Israel, then basically it's going to dilute your message. Right. So we can go out and we can inspire communities. And then the moment that we leave and the moment that that punctuation of, of education or inspiration moves on to the next narrative, uh, the problem is you have community leaders and rabbis and families and educational fields that do not uh, reinforce that concept. I was just meeting with a head of a very, very large youth group in, in in the diaspora, and I mentioned, I said to him, you know, when the when your youth graduate high school and they go to college, I understand that you have to strengthen their Jewish identity, but there's a lot of anti-Israel sentiments. Right. Do you speak at all about Israel during your program? Do you speak at all about Aliyah? And the, and the, the response was, hey, you're right, we don't. <laughs> and, and, and that's sad because it just reinforces for me as much as we can invest in a new frontier of inspiring and educating, if it's not going to be reinforced by the rabbi, by the teachers, by the principals, by their families, by their community leaders, by their federations, it's 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 a wasted investment, and sometimes you feel like you're, you're with the all that doesn't even take into consideration the the distractions of the technological and media distractions right. that each person has, which is so much more complicated than it was twenty years ago or ten years ago. Even it's it's a very tremendous upward battle to inspire and educate people. Yeah, but it's interesting to me because I I got the impression from the whole diaspora initiative and from the fact that Yair Lapid was the only one who voted against it, and the reason he voted against it was because he felt that the money should be invested here in Israel as opposed to the diaspora, which is you know okay, that's a valid opinion. But the the I just thought I got the impression from that this investment was to kind of lead to a divorce of our need to be supported by diaspora. As, as opposed to what you just said, that you know, birthright's whole thing was to create leaders in the diaspora. My impression from the media. And maybe I read it wrong. Was that the diaspora initiative is to um, is to kind of like have them connected, but to show Israel is like Israel's leading the way, as opposed to the diaspora leading the way. It used to be that Israel was kind of like the child of the diaspora, and and you know the money was funneled this way. This was like a, a change in that we're you know although we've 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 uh, you know Israel has, f- has funded the Jewish agency to a, to an extent for many years, so there's always been education. Uh, Jewish education going on in the diaspora because of Israel. So, I don't know, I just got that impression that this was a, a new thing. That this was, But what you're saying is pretty much what they've tried to do in the past, which is to 
keep people connected to Israel. Let me calibrate a sense. First of all, the Jewish agency has always been funded by the federations and the diaspora communities. But the Israeli government also funds. Very little. Ah, okay. So that's number one. The, the change of the paradigm here was that Israel was now, instead of receiving the funds, they were going to be investing almost three to one per dollar to help diaspora. So mm-hmm. that was a shift. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was not really a cross-governmental decision. We're talking about the Ministry of, of Diaspora Affairs, Naftali Bennett, plus the Prime Minister's Office and the Jewish Agency. And, uh, Yair Lapid was the financial piece, because he's a finance minister, right. deciding whether or not he was voting for for this allocation. So it's, it's not like this governmental, trans-governmental decision of we have to reach out. It's a very pocketed government decision of whether or not... By ha- people who are what mostly is connected to the diaspora. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. A diaspora-focused group of individuals right. of how do we how do we charter out the, the new direction of the Jewish agency? Um, are, are we staying the path of the old classical aliyah, 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 or are we going to reinvest in this notion of countering assimilation or countering um, campus anti-Israel sentiments, and how do we buttress our Jewish community um, in the States uh, or just in the diaspora on a whole? And that, that and the paradigm shift was not only on the, uh, the focus of the Jewish agency, but just pragmatically and logistically, now all of a sudden it's a paradigm shift for the government to all of a sudden investing money for diaspora causes instead of putting out their hand and receiving. Mm-hmm. So that, okay, so that that's the difference in terms of what, what happened in the past. But in, in terms of what they're trying to accomplish, it's basically the same thing. In other words, it's basically to, to keep Jews connected in some way so they are eventually going to be leaders who support Israel and what Israel does. Or, uh, uh, or they you know just, just that they stay Jewish. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not... not but I again, the Aliyah focus is not there. In other words, the, 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 the focus of saying that the future of the Jewish people is in the land of Israel is not there. They're just trying to say, you can stay there, but... Be a Jewish people. It's more acute. <laughs> it's 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 an, we don't have the luxury anymore to assume that people are going to stay Jewish and that we can tout Aliyah as an option. The direction of this diaspora initiative is that it's such an acute uh, issue and such a dr- drastic, dramatic issue right now with assimilation and lack of Jewish identity that we need to keep you connected, keep you actually inclined. Mm-hmm. And if people want to make Aliyah afterwards because of the experiences that we give you through this process, and great. then fantastic. But right now, the acute issue is making sure that we still have a Jewish nation within the diaspora or in the future. That's their initiative. Mm-hmm. Well, then I try. I, I want to give you chizuk. I want to strengthen you very fast. Please do. I need it. <laughs> because when you look at the numbers every year, you know, obviously we are a numbers-oriented society. You know, and people... Right people uh, tend to say, oh, the numbers are what proves whether you're successful or not. I think it's meaningless, and, and your job is meaningless, because you are, you are basically trying to, to move people to Israel in, in as efficient and helpful manner as possible. I know as a personal uh, beneficiary of Nefesh Benefesh, I could not have done it without you and without Nefesh, and there are thousands like me. And and we know I know from you know from being here and from having worked here exactly what you invest in terms of every single person who comes here. So it really is meaningless how many end up showing up <laughs> because it's no, it's it, kind it, of out. Here is millions of millions of dollars are being spent on Jewish identity when it to us. I mean, I think to to a lot of people it makes sense that Jewish identity should be the focus should be the connection to Israel more than just you know, that it's out there, and more than just defending Israel on, on college campus, but to encourage people to be connected in a real way. And now, you know, it's interesting, I'm sorry to, it's not really a tangent because I wanted to talk about it, but when when I uh, came to the Bonation Award Ceremony, 
which was very, very nice, by the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I hope that this prize continues because I think it's a, it's just a great idea to show what, uh, for those of you who are not familiar, it's a, it had its inaugural year this year. There were six honorees, right? Six honorees uh, from different uh, facets of society who were honored for contributions to the state of Israel as Olim. And these were Olim from anywhere in the world, not just America, and from from 1948 and on, not just from, uh, from Nefesh's time. And it was very inspiring. And the inspiring thing for me, uh, one of the things that was inspiring when I spoke to Joseph Gittler was to see how one person can make such a major impact in, in, in Israel. In other words, uh, here's a guy who started something which probably there are a dime a dozen in America, food banks for the poor and taking food from events. And, and, it's, and it's become like one of the biggest things here in Israel. And it's because, you know, we're a young country and you still are a, um, you're a big fish in a small pond to an extent when you come here. And it's different than when you're making Aliyah because of anti-Semitism and people are, you know, painting swastikas on your French uh, apartment door. It's, you know, you're coming here out of necessity. We've had that a lot in our history. But now Israel has become a place where you can prosper. You can make a life here without being forced out of the country that you're coming from and not because out of necessity. And, and you see a, people like the Bonetzion people who were awarded for their contributions to society made a major difference. They could easily, easily have stayed where they were and been successful there to a certain extent. And here they made such a major impact. So I think one of the messages that we try and do, at least through Homeward Bound, is that we try and tell people this. And I think that you should not feel <laughs> the num- that the numbers should not be that important to you. I think it's every individual who comes here who makes a contribution. And because it's, of that, fashion- thank you, Yigal. It's both. <laughs> it's both. I mean, we're not the first few months of 2014. We've seen an 18 percent increase in North American Aliyah. But we're not running around touting that because I believe there should be a 180 percent increase right. of, of North American Aliyah. And, but uh, as long as the trends are increasing, then I know that we're, we're in the right direction. But also when you talk about quality, uh, one of these individuals can have impact to, to thousands of individuals. I mean, 140,000 meals a week, that, that's what Joseph Gittler is giving out through, mm-hmm. through his, through, through his uh, fund. Is an incredible concept. The doctor that comes over and creates a new medicine, a new treatment, and all of a sudden thousands of people or hundreds of people are healed and, and uh, or people are walking all of a sudden because of a certain technology that an OLED brings. You can't quantify that. So there's a quality notion. But I hope that the quality of these individuals who move to Israel and show that they can thrive here and the, and the impact that they can make of being a fi- big fish in a small pond it will inspire other individuals to see you know to recalibrate their compass and to follow in their footsteps and that's the hope so uh, you know you have to always you always have to have quantifiable measures and metrics into 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 evaluating whether or not you're going the right direction right right and there are a lot of variables that we can't possibly even control you can have friction in 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 the geopolitical military sense in our area you can have recessions where people are coming and they can't sell their houses and as much as you can invest in all of a sudden moving thousands of people you can have deferrals of a few hundred families because they can't sell their houses or they can't find houses here and all of a sudden you you know all the money that you've invested it could affect the numbers but but we need to constantly um, try to control the things that we can control and and to inspire and to facilitate the individuals that we can possibly um, do and obviously you measure both the quantity and the quality of, of what you're bringing to this country to, uh, and facilitate the aliyah the individuals that want to move here and hopefully, if they come and they're 
satisfied and they're thriving, not just surviving. Others will follow in their footsteps and we'll see an increase in numbers exponentially. And hopefully maybe you can re-educate and re-inspire a whole generation to open their eyes and realize the incredible gift that God has given our generation. And uh, instead of questioning and looking at faults and warts, we embrace this gift with open hands and open arms. Amen, Rabbi. Thank you. <laughs> we have been speaking to Rabbi Yehoshua Fass, and as always, inspiring and, of course, informative, which is the whole focus of our program, Homeward Bound. Um, anyone who is interested in learning more about Aliyah, nbn.org.il is the address to uh, to go to on web. Um, and I, I want to thank Rabbi Fass and wish him a very, very healthy an enjoyable summer. Uh, Amen. <laughs> because it's always uh, it's always exciting when the summer hits here in Nefesh Benefesh. And we look forward to greeting whoever is coming. We look forward to greeting you when you arrive in uh, Ben-Gurion. And thank you. Uh, and we, we thank I'll you be for the tired us. one. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I've seen you come off a plane, Rabbi, you don't look tired. You might be tired, but you don't look tired. It's always a, it's always an exciting thing. And those of you who live in Israel, you can try and... Uh, and can you get in anymore on, uh, on these uh, ceremonies? Yes, still registration's open. Okay, it's filling great. very quickly. Okay, so uh, it's always an amazing thing to, to be part of it. And uh, and uh, we look forward to, to either sending you off if you're on the JFK side or greeting you when you come home. Thank you, and continue spreading this incredible message of Homer okay, Bound. Thank, thank you, you again, Rabbi Fast, for your time. This is Egal Siegel for Homer Bound, and we will be back after this message. If you've always dreamt of moving to Israel and establishing a brand new life in the Holy Land, it's time to call Nefesh Benefesh, 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-A-L-I-Y-A-H, or log on now to their comprehensive website for all the assistance you need to get to Israel, nbn.org.il. That's the Nefesh Benefesh website. Head there now, nbn.org.il. I need Hashem to comfort me Homeward bound I wish I was Homeward bound Well, that wraps up another great edition of Homeward Bound here at the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Egal Siegel. Any archives of these shows can be found at NachumSiegel.com and any information about Aliyah can be found at nbn.org.il. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week, everybody.